All right, welcome to episode eight of the Nosebleeds. I'm Carl Martin. I'm with Bannon Crowley. Hello. And once again, we are missing Cam. So you know what that means. We're going to do our mock draft 2.0. Cam, we hope you're not gone for good. He's actually going to be gone for a minute. So uh, if Cam's your favorite member of the podcast, I'm sorry. Uh, Shout out Colin's grandpa. (laughs) For real. (laughs) All right, uh, let's get straight into it. Uh, We're going to start with the mock draft and then move on to other topics. So the way we're going to do it, last time me and Banning both read off our mock drafts. This time we're going to combine and do one together. Uh, Banning is going to be doing the odd number picks. I'm going to be doing the evens. And we're just going to get straight into it. Make just one. to shake it up a little bit. Yeah. We'll have another one. I mean, we have a month until the mock draft. We'll probably do one right before it. But just because we had a lot of picks traded around, the number 3, 6, and 12. So we just wanted to do it again. Kind of shake it up a little bit to yeah. see how it goes. A lot of different moves. A lot of players following. A lot of... There's some injuries, there's some character issues that have came up besides the ones we knew already. So, I mean, we can just get straight into it. All right, so with uh, the first overall pick, Jacksonville Jaguars are going to take Trevor Lawrence. (laughs) And uh, what seems to be a more obvious pick as the days go on, number two, New York Jets, Zach Wilson. Future MVP within the next five years. Hey, you heard it here first. Not from me. I said that yeah. last week, too. Yeah. I'm saying it every week. <laughs> so this is where it gets interesting. We have the 49ers trading up for the third overall pick, but saying they're going to keep Jimmy Garoppolo. Cap. <laughs> they can keep Jimmy Garoppolo. Yeah, they can. And they can also um, draft Trey Lance here, too. All right, Trey Lance. Who is a better first. prospect than Justin Fields. I will stand by that. Yep. Uh, speaking of fields, the Falcons pick four, and I know they have Matt Ryan, who's not a bad quarterback by any means, but contractually, it would make a lot of sense if they cut him after the next year. I think Matt Ryan plays this year out with Justin Fields behind him, and then Justin Fields fills in. That's my fourth pick. Four straight QBs. If you said that a couple months ago, they would have called you crazy. I know. Number five, I've seen people saying that the Bengals should get Jamar Chase. I mean, mostly just Joe Burrow, but that makes no sense. So, I mean, obviously they'll take Sewell here just to get offensive line. All right, Finesse Sewell, number five. Uh, Pick six, I think this is a better spot for Jamar Chase. They have guys like Devontae Parker, but Jamar Chase is an easy number one. Give Tua a chance to really show out. Jamar Chase, number six. I think the Lions here, um, they got their new quarterback, and they really believe in him, I guess. So take a receiver to compliment him, Jalen Waddell. All right, we got Jalen Waddle, number seven. All right, eighth pick Panthers. This is where things get tough, because earlier on, I could see a guy like Fields falling here, and they get to pick a QB. Uh, I'm saying the Panthers, they say go for the best player available. They get the versatile weapon, Kyle Pitts. So I got him going at eight to the Panthers. This is where it kind of changes a little bit, because before, I think everyone in this spot, we knew it was either going to be Caleb Farley or like an outside shot they could have gone Sertan but it's weird now because with that signing I mean I don't know what the Bears were doing but yeah I mean I mean the Broncos corners got better and Caleb Farley got a hip injury so he's falling anyways yeah I mean I think the Broncos I still think they're gonna go defense they really like linebackers with off the field issues so they'll take Micah Parsons here (laughs) all right Micah Parsons number nine (laughs) Uh, number 10, this is one of the only consistencies with all this stuff changing up. Pat Sertan fits really well on this Cowboys team. You don't think they'll take Farley even though he drops? His, his hip injury is bad, and I don't know. I, everything I see from Cowboys fans, they like Sertan more. Cowboys fans don't know a lot either. So yeah. uh, number 11 for the Giants, my favorite team. They got Kenny Galladay, so with Waddle off the field, I still... Off the, the board. board. Yeah. I think they still have to go offense here. Um, Devontae Smith, I think he falls in this draft for me because of his undersized issues. Yeah. And But I still think the Giants draft him. I mean, you're not really taking a shot because he's still really good. And I think Galladay is the big guy, so they can definitely, they can both be number one receivers, just have different roles, I guess. All right. If that makes sense. I like that pick. Devontae Smith, 11. Eagles, I mean, they chose to trade down. Uh, I don't hate the decision, but it definitely leaves them with a lot less star-studded options here. Uh, personally, I, they could use a lot, but a uh, guy that I like here would probably be, uh, with his draft stock rising a little, I like the idea of J.C. Horn here. Good cornerback. They could use one. They lost Mills to the Pats, too. 
he fills in decently well. So we have the Chargers here. I think um, they need offensive uh, line. I think you could either go Darisaw or Slater. I think they're going to go Slater, in yeah. my opinion, out of Northwestern. Yeah, Slater falls a little in this one, but I think we both see the promise in Sewell a little more than Slater's yeah. readiness today. Both great tackles, though. Uh, the Vikings will trade this pick. They're not going to pick here, in my opinion. But, like, hypothetically, we're not doing that. So, they're going to take, in my opinion, the best interior alignment. Elijah Vera Tucker is a really good guy to grab there. So, here we go. We got the Patriots on the clock. Don't do it. Resigning Cam Newton. Don't do it. <laughs> that doesn't mean that they aren't in the market for a quarterback. You want to get a young guy. So, uh, I think you got to go Mac Jones here. That's hate. <laughs> that's a that's a hate crime right there. <laughs> or they could take Mac McCann. <laughs> but they'll take uh, Mac Jones instead. Alright. Cardinals up. They had a big edge problem. They went out and focused on it. So that's probably not up for play anymore. What I like, since they lost uh Hassan Reddick, I really like the idea of grabbing someone that could fill in that spot really well. Jeremiah Wusu Koromoa fills in that spot well, and he can play a little safety if he has to. Really like that pick for him. Who do you have? Yeah, oh, Wusu okay. Koromoa. So we have the Raiders here. Interesting team because I feel like they always reach on someone, but I think Darisaw here is a good pick. Yeah, if they could use that. All right. Car or sorry, the Dolphins up. Already drafted a receiver in our mock. They got Jamar Chase. So now they're they're looking to fill in other holes. Uh, I like the idea of someone like uh, Aziz Ojulari right here, uh, filling that edge that they could use. And I think he slides in well on that defense. Yeah. So we have the uh, Washington football team um, picking 19th here. Kind of an interesting spot because their team has gotten a lot better, but they don't really have that many stars, right. I think. I still think in this spot, even despite the injury and his draft stock falling, I still think you take Caleb Farley. He's gone this far down. I think if this happens and Farley drops this far, someone will trade up for him. But yeah. I think, I mean, he's right here. And cornerback's not like the biggest need for them right now, but I think you got to take it. He's a great player. Hopefully his injury doesn't hold him down too much because he's got the talent of a guy that could go top top seven, top eight, really. He's yeah. a great player. And I think cornerbacks always take a couple years to break out. Yeah. So it, he's not in a rush. I like I the idea of that for sure. Uh, Bears on the board. Uh, they're in a weird spot because earlier on, yeah, they're just in a weird spot in general. They have Andy Dolan at the helm this year. Who was promised the starting spot. Yeah. So, I personally, I have no idea what they're going to do here. Looking at what our board has shaped out to be, I think a likely thing is they know they're going to lose Allen Robinson eventually. He's not staying there forever. Andy Dolan, maybe they give him help this year, but they give their future quarterback, whoever that might be, help in general. I like Rashad Bateman here. I think Bateman's moved up a lot of people's boards. Not because he's gotten better, but because more teams are looking for receivers. Yeah, and people are realizing that Bateman's got the talent. Yeah. All right. Uh, so we have the Colts here. Kind of another team in an interesting spot because the team is good, and I felt like they were a quarterback away. So even picking at 21 here, you have a lot of good players up there on the board. And despite them not really needing an edge player, I think they could definitely take someone like Quiddy Pay and have him play there and develop over time too. That's the pick? Yep. All right, Quiddy Pay to the Colts. Uh, Tennessee Titans are on the board. There's a lot of different directions they could go here. Hypothetically, they'd like a receiver with what they lost, but since Bateman's off the board, I think that shifts things up for him. Uh, that being said, I think Tevin Jenkins has slipped a little too far. Not maybe too far, but he's in a great spot to be picked right here. The Titans could use another alignment. They give Derrick Henry even more chance to move around. I like Tevin Jenkins right there. Good player. So now we have the Jets picking again. Um, interesting spot for them. Um, I think I still might go with my pick from last time. Um, I think they'll take Eric Stokes, honestly. I know he's not, I don't see him as a first round talent, but I still think that they're gonna take a shot with someone like him. And especially if he gets his official 40 time soon, because last time unofficial, obviously, but yeah. I think he's going to keep going up boards. I like the idea of that. I mean, the Jets got to take a shot. They're so 
they're down a lot. Yeah. And if they take a shot and it works, that's a great corner to have. I mean, first round corner in any other year, honestly. Yeah, exactly. He was great last year. Uh, the Steelers are up. They are in a position, I think they are in a worse spot that Steelers fans would like to admit. Yeah. And I think they could really just use talent right here more than anything. I've been doing mock drafts recently where the running backs don't sneak their way into the first round. Now looking at it with how the board shaped up, I think a guy like Najee Harris, to the Steelers, to share the backfield with James Conner would really help them. So that's my pick right there, Najee Harris. Great player. I think the they haven't had a good running game in a while. Yeah. So it's kind of... There's a lot they could do there, but I mean, if Najee Harris plays similar to how we did in Bama, then that shapes up one of their, not necessarily holes, but it, it fills yeah. up a hole before it opens. I think um, Jaguars, they're going to reach a little bit here to take Cosme, but I think they're not really reaching, I guess. I don't see him really to be going this high overall, but he's the best tackle left on the board, so not yeah. really too much of a reach. Yeah, exactly. He he would fall hypothetically if they didn't need a tackle, but he's yeah. he's a good player either way. Fits well. A lot of this class is really solid all the way throughout. Uh, obviously, people talk about Trevor Lance, Lawrence, Jesus being the number one guy overall. And then what I was trying to say is other quarterbacks like Wilson and Trey Lance and Fields. Those guys, they're great players, but defense and offensive line really deep throughout in this draft i really like it even cornerback receiver yeah, too i know a lot of positions everything really besides defensive line yeah. i feel like this is a really weak defensive line yeah class. last year there was the one guy you know you get Derek brown and then years before there's vita vea yeah but you know i think it makes up for it though yeah so. anyways uh pick 26 the browns are on the board uh this is a spot where i see a team like the browns who have a history of taking boomer best players, reaching on a guy who's fallen down draft boards. I like the idea of Greg Russo here. Even though, I'll tell you straight up, he doesn't deserve to be picked here. If he actually works out, that's a perfect Browns pick right there. He comes off the edge with Miles Garrett. If he's as good as we know he could be, that's the scariest edge in the league. Yeah. So I like the idea of that for the Browns. I think... Ravens staying in the same division, staying in the same position too. Draft uh, Jalen Phillips here. Yeah, a lot safer of a pick right there. And the Ravens could use edge right now. Yeah. Really bad. So I like that too. Saints are on the board. Uh, I think the Saints are in a position where they want to help, help out Jameis. And Michael Thomas is a great receiver, but no Emmanuel Sanders, no not much going on they haven't had a number two yeah. receiver in forever i like the idea of Kadarius tony uh terrace marshall might be might be better but they're very close in my opinion and i think tony is a lot more exciting of a player especially next to michael thomas yeah i agree um weird spot right here for the yeah. packers because they have i feel like they have to go with tackle but i feel like there's players there's just not a tackle that's good enough to go in this spot in my opinion i understand that so i feel like i mean go with the same position they'll take a receiver take terrence marshall here yep because i mean even with Devonte adams i still think they could really use a solid number two guy exactly they've been switching out those number two guys for a while scantlin's played pretty well but you can never have too many good receivers. yeah exactly there. especially when you have the mvp at quarterback definitely helps out yeah uh, right here, the Bills. Uh, in the past, I've had them taking Nick Bolin a lot. He's one of my favorite prospects in this draft. I don't see it really anymore. Their linebacking core, as much as I think he'd help, I'm starting to realize they're solid enough. They have other needs that they could look to. And that being said, I think a guy like Greg Newsom, the out of Northwestern, would really help their uh, secondary. And his stock has raised to a point where I feel like he fits well in that spot. I think right here, too, the same thing for the Chiefs as it was for the Packers. I mean, they need tackle, but it's just not really there for them in this spot. Yeah. I still think they'll take one. Uh, they'll take Eckenberg from Notre Dame. Yeah. I think, I mean, it's a team that's really good, so reaching at the end of the first round isn't really too much of a reach because you're not going to see the Chiefs trade back up, I feel like. Yeah, Eichenberg has good ability too. So, I mean, there's nothing... I, I mean, it's a reach, but they're not going to have a chance to snag them early in the, first, in the second round. Back-to-back -back Super Bowls, uh, I think they can 
reach yeah. on this one. Uh, and so last pick of the first round. So last pick of our mock draft. We're not gonna go any farther. Uh, the Buccaneers. They're in a spot where they can kind of they can do a lot of things just because of the talent on their team. I like the idea of reaching a little bit. We said earlier there's not really a great uh, interior D lineman this year. But if there would be one that stands out, it would be Christian Barmore from Alabama. He played great towards the end of the season, throughout the whole year. He was a really good player. So I think the Buccaneers taking him to finish out the first round wouldn't be a bad selection, especially next to a guy like Vita Vea. Yeah, re-signing all of those yeah. players too. So I feel like them and the Chiefs both can be in a spot where you can reach a little bit. Yeah. But if it doesn't work out, it doesn't work out. Exactly. And if it doesn't work out, especially for the Barmore pick, they still have Vita Vea. It would just be nice. They still have JPP. Yeah, it would just be nice in the 4-3 to get them next to each other, yeah. hypothetically. But yeah, I mean, that concludes our Mock Draft 2.0. This one, we did a live draft as opposed to doing it in advance. It went pretty smoothly. We had some good picks in there for sure. I think it definitely would have been more structured too if we kind of went over this before. Yeah. But I mean, that's how the NFL draft is, so. That's part of it. I mean, GMs, they can have as much structure as they want, but trades can happen. People can move up. Doing it on the fly, I mean, it's a lot harder, but, you know, it makes it more realistic in a way. I think one thing that people might take away from this is the Trey Lance pick for the 49ers. Yeah. I, I still believe in Trey Lance over Justin Fields. See, I want to talk about that for a second because I think I think if it was another team, I like the Trey Lance pick. And I still like the Trey Lance pick for the 49ers because I think he, in my opinion, he's starting to grow on me more. I think he'll probably be better. But when you do such a risky move like the 49ers do, I think there's a chance they do that risky move and they don't want to piss off the fans. Because, I mean, we we both care a lot about the draft, but people from the outside definitely like Fields more than Lance. Yeah. He's, prov- yeah. he's proven he's yeah. a winner. People have seen him play. Yeah, he's a D1 player for o- Ohio State. Yeah, people people love watching him, and he proved to be like a tough player in the playoffs. You see him beat Trevor Lawrence. He beat Trevor Lawrence. <laughs> yeah, so he's better. Yeah, exactly. Well, that's how people think. So I think the 49ers might, I hope they don't for their sake, but I think they might be scared after making such a risky decision to trade up. I think they could definitely they, go they with that receiver too, even yeah. if they want to draft Chase. Personally, I think they trade up, they do that risky decision and they do not want to piss off their fans. I think they might go Justin Fields right there. Yeah. But if they get Trey Lance, you're going to see all these people upset about it. And if they do, I think it's a good pick. And then in two years when he's <laughs> the best player on the team, Hey, it could happen. Also, I think even if I don't think Garoppolo is staying, first off, I think yeah. if they're going to draft a quarterback either way, in my opinion, whether he stays or not, but I think Garoppolo is out at this point. Uh, they keep denying they're going to trade him, and then every other day they're in trade talks with the Patriots. They were with Washington for a while. They probably yeah. will re-enter them with Chicago. So, I mean, they're saying he's not going to be traded, so they keep his value up, which is really smart, in my opinion. But it's not true. And I I guess I don't know for sure, but they're shopping him and saying we're not shopping him. Yeah. It's kind of a weird thing. But I think if Garoppolo stays, that's a perfect spot for Lance. Because I think Lance needs a year-ish to sit on the bench. Not even sit on the bench, but just be in a system. Because I feel like that's the most underrated part of being in the NFL. Especially the receivers. Like, we see receivers all the time, like Darren Waller. Everyone's like, oh, he's so good all of a sudden. Because he was an NFL player for so many years. It's not like he just came in in his third year and just started playing. Like, he's been in that system. Exactly. I really like the 49ers system, too. I think Shanahan, he's a choke artist. But he, like, regular season and all the way until the Super Bowl, he's an amazing coach. Yeah. So I really like the idea of getting Lance there. If Garoppolo goes, maybe that influences them to get a more NFL-ready quarterback. I, I don't think Fields will be better, but I think... If, I think Fields will be better day one. Yeah, if they both had to start week one, hypothetically, on this, imagine they had the same talent level, same coaching, same everything. I think Fields produces better week one, season one. Yeah. But... You know, in the long run, though, yeah, I, yeah, in the long run, and they're very similar players too. Yeah. So it's not like they're completely also, different play styles. Oh, so we talk so much about who's better, who's better. We have them either way, probably going pick three and four. They're both great quarterbacks, and they both, and I think they'll both have really good NFL careers. Honestly, I think one more than the other, maybe, but I think they'll both succeed for sure. Yeah, I don't think either one of them will be like 
ever be a top five quarterback. I think Lance could possibly be there, but I think they'll both be decent quarterbacks. Yeah. Especially for teams like if they go to the 49ers and the Falcons, those could definitely be quarterbacks for 10 years. Exactly. And 49ers and Falcons both have pretty solid coaching and as of right now pretty solid yeah. uh, Dan Quinn's all right yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, the 49ers have a very good coaching staff the Falcons have a coach that's uh, NFL coach and they have well what the Falcons have that the 49ers don't is two really great receivers yeah so I guess it doesn't really equal out but they'll both have a chance if our mock draft goes as we say yeah and I don't think Jimmy Garoppolo will ever win a Super Bowl in his career he is not a Super Bowl winning quarterback well I mean Besides the one. <laughs> well, yeah, I, know I don't what, think he'll I know what you're ever, saying. He got carried there by the defense and the running game and then just couldn't do anything. If Ryan Tannehill's never going to win a Super Bowl, he's not. Because Ryan Tannehill is almost the same exact quarterback, just better. So. I agree. They, they play the same role, except Tannehill is better when he actually needs to, like, make the throws. And I think you know? either guy, since they both play, like... Similarly, I think either one would be fine in that system because Jimmy Garoppolo, he's good, but I feel like it's a young coach and the team is so fast. I feel like they need yeah. a quarterback that plays like that. Yeah, it's it's like how in the NBA you see these teams all go super young. I think the 49ers might be able to do that in football. Yeah. It's really interesting what they have going on there. And honestly, as a Pats fan, I really like the idea of Garoppolo coming back. It's just... The Patriots are at a point where they they didn't sign a big free agent quarterback. There wasn't really one. Dak Prescott got re-signed. We all knew that was coming. I don't think he was yeah, a free he was, agent. Yeah, exactly. And the, like, the draft, they're at a terrible pick. I, everyone always says that they could trade up. If they don't trade up, I think Garoppolo's the guy. If they yeah. can find a way to move up in the draft and take one of those four quarterbacks, that would be amazing. But at this point, it seems like they'd have to be in the top four picks. Well, how do you feel about Mac Jones? We t- we've talked about it before. I don't think Mac Jones helps the Patriots as much as people think. Uh, Mac Jones is kind of... You see the average Pats fan. If you're talking about the most average Pats fan, it's like a 40-year-old dude with a beer belly that only eats lobster. And that's no hate because I'm a huge Pats fan. But the point, they're so traditional. Yeah. And it comes to a point where out of the five quarterbacks that are the best i think mac jones is worse than the other four but it, admittedly those are the five yeah. i think it's fair to say yeah he, uh, he yeah. I, I will say that even if you won't i think trask is better than jones I'd, see i give jones a lot of hell but i think jones is better than trask at this point point is even ranked by other people those yeah. are the top five you always see out of the five he's easily the one that plays the most like an old quarterback i he, think yeah he, he runs the least he his number one trait that people talk about and i'm not discrediting this because it means a lot is leadership but the problem is leadership doesn't make 40 yard throws on a dime leadership doesn't lead an offense to the playoffs leadership helps out a lot in a locker room where there's other amazing players the patriots have some really good players outside of him they worked a lot of that in free agency not good enough to carry a quarterback that can't really hold his own so I don't hate Mac Jones. I don't think he's the worst quarterback ever. I think he fits really poorly with pretty much any team that I see getting mocked. I think he does well sitting behind a quarterback. And in a lot of mocks, they're in situations where he has to start. And that's why I kind of talk bad on him a lot. He's not the worst quarterback ever, but I think the Pats do themselves a complete disservice drafting him. Yeah. I think they got to trade for Garoppolo because he knows the system and can hold his own. Even though Garoppolo is not some great quarterback, he's not going to lead them to a Super Bowl. He's going to keep them in the conversation. So yeah. a quarterback will want to come over and lead them to a Super Bowl. And if you trade up and get one of the top four, then, hey, you know, like we talked about, all four of those quarterbacks are awesome. Yeah. But I don't think the Pats can do that. That's why I'm big on getting Garoppolo back. And also, it's fun to see him. Pats fans like Garoppolo. Yeah. And then... If you get a Garoppolo jersey now that's already on yeah, exactly. sale and then he goes back. I know. That's like the best jersey investment. I know. Especially <laughs> if you got a Kyle Van Noy jersey. Yeah, true. I think, I don't know. I know Mac Jones isn't that good, but I feel like he's just like, if you look at him and then you put him next to the Patriots, he just looks like he's you, a Patriots quarterback. You imagine him in a, in a Patriots uniform. Just, but I think he made his himself a good quarterback last year, throwing to the two well, 
two of the top three receivers. Yeah. I think Chase is better, but either way, yeah. two of the top three receivers the two, who are going to be in the top ten. The two this year. best receivers in college football last year. Yeah, it just. Yeah, he made himself and off of that. In my opinion, the best running back in the draft at ETN's a great back. I think too. either way, yeah, either say, way, yeah. yeah. Either way, he was throwing to two of the best receivers and, and handing it off to the best back. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and yeah, and they had a great offensive line too. Not a lot of high picks this year, yeah, but, but I mean, matter. it's Alabama. Yeah, everyone's six five, three thirty, and you have and, Nick Saban too. Yeah, and the realistic part of coming to New England and being a quarterback. As you see a guy like Cam Newton, they play completely different, just to start out with. Yeah. You see a guy like Cam Newton struggle, and Cam Newton didn't play well last year, but a lot of it was because the weapons and the system. I think it's fair to say from an outside perspective, I, you know, I'm not in the locker room, I'm not talking to the coaches, but I think the Patriots system has proved to be a really hard system for some people to like grasp immediately. Yeah. And as much as the first two weeks of the season, Cam Newton looked great in New England. The whole middle of the season, he looked pretty awful. But the last couple of weeks, when he wasn't having that Stidham problem, because yeah. <laughs> would bring Stidham in and he'd do worse. Like the last two weeks, yeah. Cam really showed that you know he was grasping the system more. And a guy like Mac Jones, I, I believe he's smart. I think he is a good leader. There's no point in making that stuff up. It, they might as well just list his actual attributes if he wasn't a yeah. good leader. So I believe that's true. I think well, I think his top on-field thing is everyone says he's an accurate yeah, quarterback. Yeah, he can and he can he can thread a needle every once in a while. Yeah. But watching it, his pro day, yeah, I don't know. He he had to have the receiver slow down in a forty-yard bomb. He looks a lot more accurate than I think he really is because he has a guy like Wadu with amazing hand placement and a guy like Smith who, who creates yeah. so much separation. You can throw it anywhere in a five-yard radius and he'll come down with it yeah. because he's athletic enough to get open and he's good enough technically to get that ball even though he's undersized yeah so no hate on mac jones because uh, i think he can he has potential to do something in the nfl he, i think he could be yeah. a very good back quarterback i think he could be a fringe starter he, yeah. he'll he could be like nick Foles. yeah exactly he's not as good i think <laughs> nick Foles is a good comparison i think he plays like a nick Foles. And I don't think the Patriots should spend their best pick in a long time on a guy that's not going to push them in a better direction. Yeah. I think they trade it or they focus on the defense. Yeah, I think if they take Mac Jones, Mac Jones, Cam Newton, and Jarrett Siddham would be the, the worst, worst quarterback yeah. room in NFL history. It doesn't do anything. Yeah, it, it doesn't push them in a better direction, and it's not bad enough where they can really tank. It's just in an awful spot. Yeah, I think the 49ers and the Patriots kind of the two most interesting teams. Obviously, the Eagles traded back, but I think they... I don't know why they traded back, but I think they'll definitely still get someone solid there, so... Yeah, it was interesting to think that they could give uh, Hurts Pitts to work with, yeah, originally. Or even any... Or Waddle, yeah. or Smith, hypothetically. That was going to be interesting for me. But they moved back, and... I guess that's putting faith in their wide receiver core. My question is why? I, they have full goat. I, I like full goat. He's a he's a good receiver, and he didn't. People only talked about him because of fantasy. Yeah. But like actually watching the games, he's a good receiver for sure. But he's like he's like above average, like right about right around that fringe average to above average receiver. Then everyone else is below. Yeah, everyone. So, they're all bad. So if you, they could have got a guy with Ertz probably being on the outs or not as involved, yeah, I think a guy like Pitts would have been great because he can also play some outside receiver. Very versatile player. Versatile weapon. Or either receiver. They probably wouldn't have gotten Chase. but They could have got someone. Yeah, they could have got Smith or Waddle. Yeah. yeah. That was interesting to me, and that was really giving Jalen Hurts like a full shot. I, I don't know what they're trying to do right now. I think that was a pick that they were in a really good position to make the most out of. Well, um, they could have got... I mean, we had the Dolphins getting chased in that spot. Yeah. And they trade, the 49ers traded with the Dolphins first. So they could have kept that pick and hypothetically got chase. So I yeah. I don't know what they're doing. They're a terrible team. So Yeah, Howie Roseman, I don't know. They'll yeah. be at the bottom of the division. We got to talk to EDP about how he feels. That <laughs> it's, it's awful. I don't know. Uh, yeah. It's the draft is something that me and Benning talk about a lot, and it's it's interesting. It changes all the time. Yeah. And also a lot of the information 
I get is from Bengal on YouTube. So that's a quick plug shout out right here. He's a lot bigger than us. He'll know it's not something that this, you know, not something that he's gonna listen to and be all excited about. But at the same time, I mean, the point is there's a lot of stuff on the internet where you can really find some good information and you can hear opinions, yeah. a lot of strong opinions. I think, but there's there's a lot of bad a lot stuff. of bad. Yeah. It goes both ways. Cause you see a guy, I think Bengal is really smart. I think someone like Daniel Jeremiah is really smart. Then I see other guys out there. NFL experts yeah. that say Mac Jones and, is going to the 49ers and now. And even guys that market themselves so well that you always hear about, a guy like Mel Kuyper, I don't think Mel Kuyper, it, I think he is good at his job, his job being be marketable and talk about the draft. He's really good at that because yeah. everyone knows his name. When I was younger, I'd buy his draft books every year. I'd like the magazines. So he's, he's really good at his job. I don't think he has a lot of pressure to make the right picks because he says so much stuff. That's what happens when you have to do a mock draft every three days and you have to keep people interested. Yeah. You have to say something stupid. Yeah. And that's ESPN's fault more than his. So that being said, I don't really pay attention to his mock drafts. I think the only thing he gets right in all of them is that he always says Trevor Lawrence number one. And that's because everyone does that. Yeah. Because I... it's true. End of the day. And I mean, before this, we could if we did another mock draft today without those trades, we could have seen like changes within maybe the like ten to fifteen. Argue that, but with those three picks, we saw how different it was. Yeah, exactly. And yeah, it's really interesting. Uh, and that's just the start. You never yeah. know what's gonna happen. Draft is the best time of the year. Deshaun Watson's still up for grabs. So yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Deshaun Watson. Yeah, yeah, Deshaun Watson. He'll figure his stuff out first. Though. I hope so. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, he's in, it's all weird with that. I mean, not much to say about him. Yeah, no comment. That's tough. Uh, all right, now moving on to the NBA. Uh, right before we started recording, the Lamarcus Aldridge news became uh, official. Personally, I thought today we were going to be talking about how he signed with the Heat, and that's not the case. He goes to the Nets. Uh, the Nets get another. Uh, former all-star that's kind of on the decline of their career the difference in my opinion I think Aldridge right now is a lot better than Blake Griffin right now uh, he had been playing really good until this last season with the Spurs and that's just because he knew he didn't fit in he was waiting to get bought out I really think he will he'll he won't flourish on the Nets necessarily because he'll be in a smaller role but he'll perform better than Griffin and Griffin's not playing bad necessarily but I think Aldridge makes more sense than Griffin I don't know how they fit together, though. How do you feel about that? I mean, one-year veteran minimum deal. Yeah, You can't uh, go yeah, wrong. Exactly. And I think he's a good bench piece. Uh, I think he'll make the team better, obviously. But you're also taking a spot away from a young guy. Like, and you're taking minutes away from Bruce Brown. Yeah. Hypothetically. Obviously, they... Different positions. Different positions, but, it's a but rotation. Still, yeah. yeah. I don't know. I, think, I don't think it's a bad signing, but I feel like... He definitely, I get why he wanted to go to the Nets, but I feel like he would have been better on the Heat, in my yeah. opinion. Their bigs rotation is really confusing. Yeah. Because technically this year, Kevin Durant's playing the four, so he's getting. But Kevin Durant's not even playing. Yeah, at yeah this exactly. Point, so. Hypothetically, they get into the playoffs and everyone's healthy. Yeah. Kevin Durant counts as a big because he runs the four. They have DeAndre Jordan. They have Marcus Aldridge. They have Blake Griffin. They have Nick Claxton, who gets quality minutes now. What are they gonna do? Because yeah. for the playoffs, I see a guy like Claxton not playing very much because you have the veteran like Aldridge. Who's yeah, you more have your eight-man rotation yeah. at that point. So, that, but right now, I I don't understand because you see, I'm involved with Nets fan pages just because I'm a Nick Claxton fan. I hate the Nets. I'm a Celtics fan, but just because I'm I'm so high on him, I think he's gonna be an amazing player, and I think he's doing great this year. They're, they like the Marcus Aldridge signing based on what I see from most of them. But I know a couple that are pissed that this means less minutes for Claxton. Because, you know, I hype him up admittedly too much because he's one of my favorite players. But he's like undoubtedly played really well this season. And he's getting attention from more mainstream. You know, like he got a post on ESPN when he threw the alley-oop down. Yeah. You know, and that's just because of hype. But, I mean, that pr proves that people actually do care about him at least a, the slightest bit. And Nets fans really rally around him. It's like when the Celtics, Robert Williams on the Celtics. Yeah. Celtics fans love Robert Williams. And it's the yeah. same sort of thing in Brooklyn. I don't I don't know. I think they're crowded at big right now. 
and that's not gonna hurt them too much but i'm sure it kind of sucks for Claxton really proving that you can play and yeah. then they signed someone for the hype rather than the fit yeah and the fit would have been fine if they didn't get blake griffin but they got two people to fill the same hole and yeah. that that's what they got two to guys to fill the same hole which wasn't really too much of a yeah, hole like it was fine yeah and then they got yeah it was one where it's like okay blake griffin that doesn't hurt them he fits in well but now aldridge is there and it's it's kind of a, a crowd yeah in that spot i in this spot i feel like no one really talks about this but i feel bad for kd kd took so much heat over the years for not getting a championship now he goes to brooklyn he's like oh Kyrie's gonna come too and then they get james harden oh and then they're signing more players and yeah. kd's not playing right now but the second he comes back he has to play the best basketball of his life i know he's... there's so much pressure on this team that shouldn't have even been there exactly i think KD knew he wasn't going to have to do this all on himself. He knew him and Kyrie would do this together. Yeah. But at the same time, I don't think KD expected to have this much pressure. And KD's one of the top five basketball players in the world, undoubtedly. I would say, I, yeah, I, yeah, definitely I, could be higher too. I, but yeah, at I, least top five. There, there's some days where I think he's the best, Yeah. personally. But, like, I, I'm not sure how I feel necessarily because the... The Nets are in a good spot where I personally still think they're going to win the championship. But, yeah, KD, expectations-wise, has so much over his head. Yeah. I think I think he'll do it, though. That's yeah. really what I'm trying to say. I'm trying to work around it and make it sound, like, so, like, uh, diplomatic. I think KD's going to come back and play some great basketball when he's fully healthy. I think, I mean, skill-wise, you could definitely argue that he's the best player in the nba even overall he's one of the best players just skill wise as a basketball player there's a lot of days where i think he's the best player in the league yeah it, and yeah. it just he hasn't played bad this year like if you looked at him he came back from the injury he's been good and yeah. i think when they lose this year in the eastern conference finals to the sixers <laughs> it's just gonna it's not gonna be good for him because yeah. that the expectations they have to I feel like some people, obviously, they're still Laker fans and people who like the Lakers that will think they're going to win. But, like, right now, if they don't make the finals, yeah, obviously they could get, like, swept in the finals or whatever. Yeah. But if they don't make the finals, it's a lost year. One thing I want to say is, so we're post-trade deadline right now. So we have a lot of stuff to talk about outside of that uh, buyout. With the recent stuff that went on in the trade deadline and... Looking at it a little more, I don't think the Lakers make it up the West. I really I don't, don't think they do. I mean, we do see those two big injuries, but yeah, in a even, West that's so competitive at this point, even if they well, come back, I still don't think they're that good. Well, I mean, let's talk about it. The Clippers, they, although they haven't been amazing in the playoffs, they have enough talent where they could, they could obviously push. Yeah, the Jazz. Although people don't buy on them super well in the finals necessarily, they're playing like the best team, the best chemistry. The Nuggets, they started off so slow, but Jokic is proving that he's playing like an MVP, whether that's injuries that boost him there or not. He, Which it is injuries. In, and in a lot of other years, he'd still be the MVP. Yeah. And the new addition of Aaron Gordon, really nice for a push now. They lost RJ Hampton, who I think is going to be a really good player. Aaron Gordon helps their push tremendously now. I think right now. He, he fits yeah. so well. I see what Jokic did, not this year necessarily, but last year, why Jeremy Grant played good enough to get a huge contract from the Pistons. I watch a lot of Nuggets games. Shout out Bobby. I watch a lot of them with him. And what Jokic does is he will get the ball in the high post area, and he'll wait for the power forward, who's usually playing in the corner, to cut down. Jokic has amazing instincts and is a great passer. He'll dish the ball down to them. They'll get an easy dunk. Jeremy Grant lived off defense and doing exactly that last year. Got a great contract. Improved on his skills tremendously because he's really good on the yeah. Pistons. Aaron Gordon, who's such a high flyer and has the ability to finish well. Everyone loves his flashy stuff, but he'll finish on a nice layup easily too. Yeah, He fills that spot so perfectly. Love that Nuggets team. Yeah. And... I mean, out west, there's so much more that could happen too. I'm there's so. I mean, do you the Suns? Yeah, the Suns are amazing. I didn't even mention them, and they're one of the best teams out there. And then teams that don't necessarily play as good still have star players that could pop off. 
Because, I mean, the Mavericks aren't a great team. They might barely make the playoffs. I mean, we saw yeah. it last year. They yeah. took the Clippers. Yeah, exactly. They have, When you have Luka Doncic and... You and have, they didn't even have yeah. Kristaps. Yeah, exactly. And Porzingis isn't playing all that great this year, but he still flashes, yeah. and he hasn't fallen off or anything. He's just getting back into the swing of things. Point is, so many great teams out west, and even the teams that don't play as great but sneak into the playoffs, you know, Trailblazers, yeah. they have players. Dame can yeah, always... Dame can beat be anyone. And that's why the West is so scary. I think the East, the East has always been more open for so many years. I think the East is closed off at the top four teams at this point. Yeah. And the West can run seven, almost eight deep. Because I mean, in the East, let's be honest, the Sixers, the Nets, the Bucks, the Heat at this point for me. And the Heat started off so slow, but the Old Depot acquisition, amazing. They didn't give up none. Duncan Robinson or Hero. I think even without yeah. Oladipo, they, they still could have made a run. Yeah, exactly. I think Oladipo will buy into the system. He's played so selfish this year, and so he's had a lot of games where he's been awful on the Rockets. I I don't give that as a knock to Oladipo. Oladipo wanted out, and the Rockets yeah. didn't use him right, and he had to play Hero Ball, especially when John Wall's not playing, when Christian Wood's not playing, and he's not good at Hero Ball. The Heat want him to do the exact opposite of Hero Ball. They just want to, as long as he's comfortable being on some nights the fifth option, I'm not usually around that fourth, third option, but some nights he'll have to be the fifth option. If he's comfortable players are hot, that, then yeah. yeah. If Oladipo's comfortable with that, he'll fit in great. The Heat yeah. will make a great playoff push. It's funny, I'm used to saying the top five teams because Celtics fan and they're usually up there. It sucks this year. Pain. I'm in tremendous pain every time I watch basketball. Uh, the Celtics gotta do something. They got Fournier at the trade deadline for table scraps. That was pretty, that was nice. He fits well on the team. And I'm happy because watching the games, we need the wing depth. Nesmith isn't, or sorry, Neesmith isn't there yet. Langford probably will never be there. He strikes me as a James Youngest type of pick when we yeah. took him too. And a lot of people, they're talking about the Celtics getting the big, you know, and they just couldn't figure it out. As we talk right now, Drummond is still in the buyout market. That would be nice for the Celtics, but I, I, I would see it there in the fact that I want it to happen. Yeah, I do as yeah. well. I don't think I don't think the Celtics do it. Danny Ainge is always so close and doesn't figure it out. Yeah, he already he woke up trade deadline day. Oh, we got a trade, and then they did the trade, and he <laughs> yeah. went right back to sleep. Tatum woke him up, and then he fell right back asleep after. I think from the opposite perspective, obviously as a Sixers fan. Uh, I'm happy going past this deadline. I mean, not a huge trade, but I mean, getting a solid score for, I mean, what, yeah. Poirier and who was it? Tony Bradley? Yeah, yeah. And I mean, Embiid and um, Dwight Howard are playing good now. For my boy Dwight, he ain't even do nothing yeah, wrong. For real. But when Embiid comes back, and as we're recording this, he's days out, not weeks out. I still don't think they should rush him back. But when Embiid comes back, um, he's been playing great this year. I would say before this year, when they were playing good, I was still concerned because Embiid going into the playoffs, it's always can he play that many minutes? Right. And Dwight Howard has played good this year. Like to, at the start of the year, he was playing bad, but he's gotten like so much better this year. He looks like he's like 25 at some points. Yeah. And I think like trading two centers to get a good player. I think that's where you have to go, especially with an eight-man rotation going into the playoffs. Yeah, I really like, I mean, the East it, The East is interesting because although I think the West is more open and I think a lot of people agree on that just based on the year, Yeah. I don't know which one of those four teams in the East can make it out. I really think all four of them can. I see where, no one talks about the Bucks this year because they do exactly what everyone expects them to. They'd be in the top three and they just chill. And no one talks about Giannis, and he's an MVP th favorite. That's just what they do at this point. I mean, it, part of it's because they play in Milwaukee. Shout out everyone that listens from Milwaukee. I, I, <laughs> I know it's none of you. <laughs> and I just, I don't know. I like that Bucks team a lot, and no one talks about them because psh, there's not They're much to Bucks, talk about. Yeah. yeah. But that being said, that Sixers team is awesome. That this Nets team is crazy. Well, I mean, and that Heat team. Pat Riley makes the moves. Eric Sprosta proves he's one of the best coaches in the league, and they buy into that system. I, I don't. I mean, my favorite is the Nets, just based on the star power and how great I think KD is. I, 
I wouldn't be surprised if it's any of those four. I'd be really shocked if it was anyone outside of that East that even pushes deep. I think those are the four that should be playing in the conference finals. I think right now, um, probably the popular pick, but the Sixers and Nets, if they play, I think that could definitely go to seven That's games. That's going to be good. And I think that'll be a great series. But from the West, I said the Jazz would fall off a little bit, and they have. And honestly, at this point, I think we'll see the Jazz and the Clippers play in the finals. I think the Clippers, I mean, it's almost two years at this point when they got Kawhi and Paul George together. Yeah. But this is only the second season because of the long yeah. waits and everything. But I think they needed a year, especially last year. What did they play? 30, 40 games yeah. at most together. I think this is finally the year that they're going to really shine together. Yeah. And Kawhi is one of those guys that always flies under the radar. And that's because he sits out a lot of games and he doesn't, obviously, his persona, he doesn't talk too much. You yeah. know, he doesn't go out and do much. And they're but, the B team, really. Yeah. And so. yeah, they're not the most, they're pro they're like the best team in sports that's not the most popular team in their city. Yeah. That's just how it is when to be the Clippers. I think they'll earn their respect. I like what Banning was saying about Paul George and Kawhi. People feel like they've been together forever because they have, just not playing basketball that much yeah. together. And yeah, I mean, that Lakers team, every time I say something bad about the Lakers, they're, you know, I get hated on by Lakers fans and the Lakers prove me wrong. Yeah. So that's, the Lakers are still in it easily. I'm not saying they're out. Yeah. They're just not my favorite to come out of the West anymore. One, at the start of the year, they were. So I think when we see how good they are when they come back, because Anthony Davis and LeBron, we know how good they are. I think the team, they got better players, but they got worse. I don't trust their role players as much as I feel like everyone else does. I like Schroeder. He was great. My favorite Schroeder time was his time with the Thunder next to Shea. Yeah. I really loved how Schroeder was playing there. I don't like how he plays this year. I Tre think Trez was yeah. awesome last year. This year, I just don't see it. And their role players that everyone talks about because they're the Lakers, I'm pretending these guys are in Memphis. Horton Tucker's a nobody. Caruso's a nobody. Yeah. I, I Mark Caruso Morris is yeah. a nobody. I, I just... And they're overrated because they're on the Lakers, and everyone knows that. But these are players that are barely cracking a rotation on most teams. And they're cracking the rotation on a championship-winning team only because they have LeBron and AD, so they can't afford to get any depth. Yeah. The only two players that actually would be getting as many minutes as they do right now are Schroeder and Harrell. Everyone else on that team, they're not bad. They're obviously, well, they're NBA players first off. Yeah. I, I, it gets annoying when people say they're bad. They're great players, but in NBA standards, they're really, they, they're bench warmers at some point. Yeah. And Harrell and uh, Schroeder are nice. Obviously, LeBron and AD, two of the best players in the league. But those in-betweeners, it's all about the clutch. Contavious Caldwell-Pope, he's clutch. Danny Green, when he was there, he wasn't. This year he's playing great, by the way. Yeah. But you just, you're going to see in the playoffs, do those guys that aren't LeBron and AD, and even a tier lower, aren't Schroeder and Harrell, what do they do? If they, if they buy in and they play clutch minutes and do really well, hey, that's a championship team. I, I don't see as much this year as I did last year is yeah. the only thing. I think this year they got Schroeder, who's a better player than Rondo. Yeah. But Rondo, I would rather have Rondo. Rondo was ready to give it up to someone else. And him in the playoffs yeah. last year. I, yeah. Schroeder, he's going to get to the playoffs and he'll play. But there's a difference between a guy like Rondo who will play fine throughout the year, but then get to the playoffs and you can trust him. That's another, can you trust Schroeder in the playoffs? That's the thing. Another thing for the Clippers. You can trust Rondo in the playoffs. Yeah. They pick up Rondo, a little underrated acquisition right there because he wasn't doing much in Atlanta. Yeah. And he's going to step on the Clippers court in the playoffs and and do what he does. I mean, what he does really, he's going to drive and they're either going to disrespect him because he's old and he'll finish around the rim or he'll kick it out to either Paul George or Kawhi. And that's all you really need from him. Yeah. And that's what he did. He trusted AD a lot until the finals where they just all trust to LeBron. Yeah. LeBron has an amazing finals. And obviously, he played great throughout the playoffs. But finals, he stepped up against that Heat team. I mean, I don't know. Do the do the other Lakers? It's all. It's never about LeBron on his team. Honestly, everyone knows he's the best. You know, player on the team. Yeah, he's he's all he's never not been the best player on his team since he got drafted. When was he not the best player on his? Well, team? Well, you always said Anthony Davis was better. I 
I'm, I really like Anthony Davis, but... And you really don't like LeBron. Yeah, but LeBron's been the best player on his team every year he's ever played through his 20-year career. Yeah. Yeah. And never not been since the day he got drafted and stepped on the court as an 18-year-old. Even though yeah. his teammates Darius in the cast Miles. said, oh, this guy's going to be a bum. Why are we trusting this guy? Yeah. Where is he now? Where yeah. is he selling real estate? <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, it's always about the other guys. I remember that SNL thing from, like, 2016, the other Cavaliers? Yeah. And they were just talking about, like, their point guards are Roomba, you know. And those guys, <laughs> the teams that LeBron has brought to the finals – it's i'll say it awful yeah uh, like, and the thing is like the one argument that people bring up about lebron obviously he loses in the finals but he brings those bad teams to the finals and then he plays and then they're just so bad so i feel like the it kind of goes both ways for the, him the thing with a lot of lebron's teammates though is they are clutch because it, it's funny with lebron i feel like he either brings an awful team to the finals or an amazing team. Yeah. I don't think he, it's been a long time since he's been on just a meh team that he's brought to the finals. Because like those early Cavaliers days yeah. with Big Z as his second best option, I like Ilgowskis, but what? <laughs> like that's awful. Yeah. But then you see teams like the Heat, where you know your worst player that plays is like it's like I don't even know who would they have playing. They had Udonis Haslam was probably the worst player that was playing around then. Yeah, but. He was, he was never that bad. He was always pretty solid. Yeah. And obviously, you have Wade, you have Bosch, you have Allen that hit that clutch shot, which is the reason he won one of those finals. He played good enough where I people hate on that too much. LeBron played so good that whole game, and it's not his fault that Ray Allen took the three. Yeah. It's it, it People hate on LeBron for it when they should really just be props to Ray Allen. That yeah. proves that Ray Allen's, in my opinion, the second best shooter of all time. Because not only does he consistently hit his threes and he breaks records, he's clutch. Yeah. And he's one of my favorite Celtics of all time, and he wasn't even in Boston that long. So, I mean, props to Ray Allen, random, but I, I've always really liked Ray Allen. Great shooter. Yeah, I think this year it's just interesting playoffs because there's, I would say you have, in the East, obviously you brought up the four best teams, but I think in the end it'll really be the South, or the 76ers and the Nets. Yeah, but then in the West, I feel like it could definitely just end up being the Lakers and probably the Jazz. But there's so many other teams in the West, too. The, the West is going to get crazy. That's yeah. how I feel. And then, uh, yeah, I mean, there's a lot going on with that. It's pretty cool. And I, we're finally getting to the point where, I mean, less than 30 games left. These are where the games, they don't really matter too much at this point. Uh, but they like in the next couple weeks they'll really yeah, start this, to matter. This is where teams say, "Damn, we need to make a playoff push." Yeah. This is where a time where the Mavericks say, "All right, we got to change. We got to switch the rotation." You this know? is where better players that's, that's, start to get more minutes, and the other guys start to fade off. That's why the Trailblazers are a team that makes a move to get a guy like Norman Powell. Yeah. Do the Trailblazers win the NBA Finals this year? No way. Do they? Do they even think that? Probably not. Yeah. Honestly, they they obviously. Good teams never admit that. But getting but, to the second round for them would be a win. Norman Powell is a guy that pushes them to a spot like that. That's why they make that trade. Is it a move for the future? No, they lost Gary Trent, who is... He's on a better timeline to being a guy that wins a championship in like seven years. Yeah. But if they're just trying to make a deep playoff push and keep respect up in Portland, which they have a lot for being a team that doesn't usually win very much in the playoffs, they have a lot of respect in Portland. And Norman Powell is a great scorer, amazing defense. Norman Powell is one of the best. If we're talking strictly all-around, he's one of the best all-around players. I'm not talking about, like, he's one of the best players in the league, but I yeah, don't, he, I, I don't yeah. see anything he does below average. Yeah. Pretty much everything he does is above average. Obviously, he doesn't have the shooting of Curry. He doesn't have the athleticism or defensive guy like Giannis. But he's really good at pretty much everything. He's underrated trade. People don't like it because Trent went, but I like the idea of having Norman Powell next to McCollum, especially because McCollum doesn't play very good defense. Yeah. Norman Powell helps out. And I think one team that we kind of saw slip through was the Raptors. Kyle Lowry thought he was going to be gone, yeah. but he didn't really go. So I think that'll be an interesting team to look at. I... You know, I wanted to see Lowry gone just for his sake, for the sake of craziness in the NBA. That's the best part. No one likes when it's when it's bland. Yeah. But I respect the Raptors a lot for that because you can tell they didn't get the package they wanted, 
and they didn't just say, well, all right. Well, he's got to go somewhere. Yeah, exactly. They stuck to their guns. Lowry is really well liked. No one in Toronto is going to complain about keeping Lowry. Some fake fans that like the logo and want to wear like OVO 8s, like, yeah. they'll complain about not trading Lowry because they wanted to post a jersey swap on their Instagram. But like, real Raptors fans won't complain about Lowry staying. The most beloved player in their franchise history. Best player he, in their franchise yeah, history. Yeah, I mean, people love Vince Carter you know, and T Mac and DeMar DeRozan. Those three Raptors fans love him. But Lowry is the heart and soul of Toronto Raptors basketball. People love Kawhi too, but you know, he only had the year. Yeah. yeah. I think you could still. I think that's another argument we could go into more, but I think Kawhi, you could even put him as one of the best players because he went there, he said what he was going to do, he did what he was going to do, and he left. And the Raptors have been around since, what, 1999-ish? Yeah. So, I mean, it's not like they have some old history where you can be like, no, this guy in the 70s that wore high-top converse and averaged yeah. 15 a game. So no. Yeah, it's it, not like yeah. having like LeBron on the Lakers and be like, oh, well, I mean, because if LeBron went to the Thunder, he's already the yeah, best exactly. player on the Thunder. That's what but. I'm saying. Or even, even a team that's not like as new a team like the wizards i mean yeah. all shout out to like all of the great players in wizards history well brown goes to the wizards instead of the lakers when it was his decision time he's the best wizard of all time if he does if he has the same success you know yeah it's i don't know it's interesting and yeah the nba is crazy right now i uh, i just want to touch on this so we don't ignore it because it was a really big trade uh, the only all-star getting traded vucevic to the bulls um, the Bulls fleeced the Magic, but at the same time, the Magic were kind of willing. They, I also, on the opposite side of the Raptors-Lowry thing, I kind of do respect the Magic from just moving on from Vucevic because that's an all-star caliber player. He's, you know, you play so much 2K and so much Madden, so many of these video games where the older players get, they get worse. Yeah. That when you see like an age next to a player, you assume they're gonna start getting worse. Vucevic, since his age like 26 season, has continued to get better and better. So although he's older, they're getting a player that's still on the rise and yeah. is an all-star. And, you know, the Magic don't get much back. But, I mean, Vucevic and Levine, the Bulls can actually build around something. They've been waiting so long and they've been tanking and just playing awful, finding something they can build around. That's two they can build around. I, I like the idea of that a lot more than having Levine carry a team with Wendell Carter, you know? Yeah, and I think they have so many, they've invested so many picks in the past couple of years in guard. One of them has to show out eventually. Yeah. So I think, and especially with a high pick this year, I mean, projected wise at least, yeah. I think we could definitely see the Bulls be not like a contender, but they could definitely be like a fifth seed in the East within the next couple years. Even this year, hypothetically, if everything goes well with yeah. the play-in tournament, the Bulls finish as like the 10th, 9th seed this year. Get into that play-in tournament. The Bulls are a team that can win some games. Vucevic, he's not flashy. He's definitely the most boring all-star just on play style-wise. But pairing him with someone like Levine, Levine it who, just... Yeah, and Vucevic isn't... He's no Gobert. He's no Giannis in the paint. But we'll get you some solid defense, and he will score on offense. He's old school, great player. And the Bulls, I mean, that's a trade that can only help you. It comes to a point where you can't keep going young, 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 young if the results aren't showing. Yeah. I like Wendell Carter. Hasn't got a fair chance, really, just with his injuries. So, I mean, giving him a place like Orlando where, hey, you can be like, Wendell, we're giving you the ball every play. Yeah. And he gets opportunities like that. And with the future backcourt of Cole Anthony and RJ Hampton, if that works out, that's going to be awesome in my opinion. But I mean, the Magic, the Magic and the Rockets—they are very similar to me. They both suck, and hypothetically, they can get Cunningham and Green, or Cunningham and Suggs, or something like that. You know, just find a guy for the future because this year is not their year, and they're committing to. You know, when the seventh graders are in the draft and they can get one of them. Yeah, they have 34 picks in the next seven years, so. Yeah, the Thunder, too, yeah. Yeah, it's interesting. I don't know. It's. I, I really like where the NFL and the NBA are at right now. Uh, yeah. They're definitely in the. We're in a good time to make a sports podcast, if I'm being honest. There's. Yeah. It's always an interesting time, and unlike. You know, 20 years ago, we get new information every day, and it's something. Every, I mean, yeah, every, every second we get something. Legitimately, we could do this every day. It's a lot easier every week, and it yeah. gives us more time. But, 
I mean, sports in general right now, and just in the two sports that we talk about the most, shout out Cam, because he knows a lot about the MLB and stuff like that too. Uh, we're going to get some haters on that one, but Cam knows more about the MLB than me and Banning do combined, probably. Yeah, so, I mean, we're in the spot where, obviously, we have the Super Bowl in the finals, but this is really probably one of the most underrated parts. I mean, even not even counting the trade deadline, like going into the playoffs, obviously the playoffs are great, but this is when great basketball is played. The off season, right before we see the draft, there's a bunch of moves going on, and we're going to see the draft happening almost at the same exact time as the finals happening it's funny so. yeah when i was a when i was a little kid i you know my family would always show off to their friends because like i always knew the most about football always knew the most about basketball blah, 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 all that stuff because i was the kid that cared about these seasons you know and bang bang i know you were the same way we've been talking about sports forever but like there's always the kids that love watching the playoffs love watching the super bowl and love watching their favorite teams games the nerds the absolute dorks of sports are the people who sit down and make mock drafts that care yeah. about that i go off on 10 minutes about the norman powell trade you know yeah. it's like it's interesting i i really like it and you know podcasts we're growing and it's a good time we're in a good spot and yeah gotta keep it moving yeah so. i think colin's finally coming into my world being a boston fan they don't even know what an off season is you just play in the super bowl <laughs> then go back to the super bowl exactly. as a giants fan every year watching the draft seeing if someone can finally turn the franchise around. When Odell finally got there, he was great for a couple years. Kenny Galladay now finally going on the rise. And I think it's just a great time. I feel like the draft is just so overlooked. Obviously, everyone loves to watch it, and they say, oh, yeah, this guy's going to be good in a couple years, yeah. even though they have no idea who he is. Exactly. But especially those guys, like when you see a guy going in the third round, you're like, oh, I really like this guy. And then he does really good. There's just something about that. It's funny, uh, me and Benning, we both have these random guys that we really like. Yeah, I talk about Nick Bolton all the time. I mean, yeah. you got a couple of your own. It's 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 a lot of fun. And, you know, that's what makes sports enjoyable. No, Everyone loves the big highlight plays. Everyone loves the Super Bowl, loves Game 7. But yeah. the stuff that keeps sports moving is the stuff that we focus on a lot. And yeah. that's the stuff that we talk about on here that people are going to care about. You can definitely, you know... Shout out to ESPN, shout out to Yahoo. All those places have, you know, probably a million podcasts and they'll talk about the big moments and stuff. They'll talk yeah. about ankle breakers and stuff like that. But like one thing I like about this that we keep organic. I mean, we got to talk about it all. We can yeah. talk we can talk about a nasty one-hand catch. We can talk about sweet alley-oop all day, but I mean, it comes down, you know, nitty-gritty. You know, this is the place to be. We'll, yeah. we'll actually talk about it. So, yeah, I think that probably wraps up the episode. I mean, we didn't talk a lot about uh other leagues but to be honest they're kind of in well points right now there's not a lot going on around yeah. other sports and also this is kind of just what we focus on yeah. so what we know the most about uh, i'm not going to sit here and lie to you like i know a lot of other you know a lot of other random sports so i mean uh if you want to find a podcast on that there's plenty of good ones no joke if you're into hockey this might not be the main spot but we'll touch on the big stuff pretty much yeah anything else are we good I think that's it. I mean, just we're thankful for all the growth. Obviously, we're not like a million streams per week, but we're just going to try to keep growing. We do this for fun. Yeah. So if you guys like it, then that's even better that's because all yeah. we'll do this every single week. We're going to do this whether people listen or not, honestly. Yeah. But the fact that people that we don't know personally are starting to catch on and really like the stuff. I mean, yeah. I, I appreciate all. I mean, I mean, all, me banning Cam, you know not here right now but <laughs> it's always good we know he feels the same way we it's, talk about yeah. it a lot especially when we're not doing it uh, a lot of our conversations we've been friends forever but like talking about the podcast you know yeah it's just it's it's something that we do we have a good time and then when we see people engaging with it and you know even something small like an instagram comment or like someone walks up in the hall and says i like the episode you know yeah you know it, it's nice so i mean shout out to everyone yeah it's always good to hear another opinion i feel like I it's always good watching like first take or whatever but I feel like I always want to I always look for those smaller pages that make posts that like you would say oh this should be on ESPN but ESPN is only highlights and then you get to comment on them and actually hear the person that made the post respond yeah on ESPN you make a comment and you'll see 80 other random people respond to you and tell you that you're stupid yeah you know you respond you know something like this it's organic and yeah. you know 
we're not mainstream realistically we're not going to be there so i mean just keep it organic have a good time really yeah. and then try to keep growing yeah i'm with that all right so after that conclusion i think we're good that wraps up episode eight of the nosebleeds we have the live mock draft talk a little about nba and the tread dead deadline and the playoff push and all that good stuff all right nosebleeds out mamba out